Heritage Media. The next one you're going to hear is about what's it like when you have multiple properties and you are investing and what you're looking out for. It's a little bit different to the first one because we dive a little bit deeper. Enjoy. I also want to ask you when you do and and thinking back, I guess, to what you were doing many years ago when you started investing to now, but how much for the first time investor and the advice that you have, how much research do you do or would you recommend someone do and, and can you overthink it? We, we, um, we're really big believers that what we do before we bought a property or a property, it's no good just driving past or looking in the window. Um, Michelle and I, it <laughs> sounds funny, but we'll often just either park the car or walk there but we actually walk the streets and the suburbs to get a good feel about the area. And it, it's funny enough that when you do that, you know, you, you get to see the neighbours, you get to see what the area, you get a really good feel for the area um, because there's there's so many close calls that you could say you've had where you realise, well, I wouldn't really want to live here because of. Um, and I used to often do inspections through the building side of things and it was amazing how many people got me to have a look at a house. And I'd, I'd have to advise them, you do realise it's blood. <laughs> and they go, oh, no, that hasn't for ages. And I go, ages? It was 18 months ago. <laughs> and so people have this false belief that, oh, this, this is the best house or this is a real bargain without actually doing the homework of walking the street, talking to, not, not so much talking, but seeing what the local area is like and doing a bit of research and history on the place. And really and truly, it's not that hard to look up how often, I won't mention areas, but we know certain areas on the coast that actually flood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people, unfortunately, you hear them, oh, I bought this house, I got it for a real bargain. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I've been there three times with the insurance company because of the flood, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. But research is critical. I think... Um uh, I, I, I probably I, I don't think there's any need for people to be hurried, you know, because um, like at the moment the property market seems to be very buoyant. Well, that will come and that will go. Yes, you know, like if you're going to be um, a first-time investor, um, our philosophy has always been just hold for the long time, mm-hmm. long term, and I think that that's proven for us to be uh, to be a good thing to do. But you can get caught up in all the hype of, uh, oh, you're going to miss out or, or something like that. Well, I'd just take that, that type of thinking and stick it in another compartment in your brain and forget about it for mm. now. Because I think, I, I think a lot of time should be taken up with doing the research. And by that, um, not only what Ralph said about, you know, walking the streets, which we used to love doing. You get to know, you get to, you get a really good feel of things, you know, mm-hmm. what the other houses are like, what the families are like that live there, that type of thing. But also, you, like, if you like, say you want to buy in a particular suburb, you think it's affordable for you, well, then you just track it. Now, 
when we wanted to do that, we had to pay thirty nine ninety five to Domain back in the day, and they would post us um, a printout of all the sales in, say, a suburb for the last 12 months. You had to pay for information mm. about property sales. And, uh, and that's the thing that has just been revolutionised now. So you can actually track a suburb and every day you can see what's for sale, you can see how much things are costing for rent and you can actually see what things sell for. So a lot of the guesswork is, uh, is taken out of it for building up that sense of information. Yeah. Another thing I, I reckon is fantastic is, um, is you go to an auction. Go to a few auctions. Um, see what happens, you know. Um, there's always a lot of other sticky beaks there as well. So you're not under any pressure just to stand back if it's on site. And, uh, of course, in non-COVID time, yeah. and be able to see, see from your perspective, you're saying that you're a... Um, a female on your own wanting to buy an investment property. Well, I went to an auction uh, close to where we live just out of interest a few years ago. And you know how they always do a spiel at the beginning? Yeah. You know, to build up a sense of excitement, you know. Imagine this. I think the spiel started with the auctioneer started. And the whole spiel he gave about the potential of buying that house was if you're a man. Mm. Now, I was standing there thinking... I felt like putting up my hand and saying, excuse me, are you allowed to buy this if you're a woman? You know, I mean, that might be something that you might take back to your auctioneer as well, just if, they, if they're not aware of it. I thought it was so alienating, yeah. you know. Um, but you, you know, I've, I've been to heaps of auctions. I used to go to auctions all over the place. We've been to auctions in Sydney simply for the point of view, just to build up that idea of, oh, okay, this is how it works you know, yeah. um, and uh, and you're learning as you go. So it takes away that worry if you ever have to go attend an auction. But the big thing, the main thing is you can have this house that you want to buy, you can do all the research about the property market, you can know all the prices, but the big thing is the money, you yeah. know. So you have to also, part of your research, of course, is you have to develop a relationship with some sort of person that can give you the money. Yeah. Um, and I think, for people starting out, it's really daunting. Like I, you know, if I look back, I think I was always nervous about going into the bank manager's office and, and all the rest of it, whereas it's so different now. You can do things almost online. But I think if you go in well um, prepared to say, this is my income and be able to say, this is what I spend my money on, this is how much I want to borrow, um, and then you have the conversation with people. It, it takes away that sort of, um, I suppose, fear of dealing with, um, you know, the whole aspects of borrowing money. Because mm. really, that's what, that's what property investment is about. And I remember reading it somewhere that it's really a game of finance with houses thrown in. Yeah. Um, the, the actual financial side of it is huge. And, um, and, that first experience, once you've done it the first time, then you just learn so much by it. Yeah. I think I think the other thing too, when we first got in, in, interested in investment, that the agent used, used to say, you better be quick because there's a high interest or someone, someone's coming up this afternoon and put a deposit on it. I, I think now I would just simply laugh. Yeah, there's, and, al there's always someone coming up. Yeah, 
Um, <laughs> and I always think, everyone thinks, oh, I've got to buy this because someone's coming to buy it. Well, I keep telling people now, if that one goes, there's another one in the next street. Um, but, and, and so when a when an agent does sort of go along that line, you better be quick because there's a high interest. Uh, now, before I would have listened to that and I would have taken the carrot, whereas now we would just shrug our shoulders and say, oh, well, bad luck, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and funny enough, a week later we'd get a phone call from the agent that would say, oh, it's still there, you know, so... I guess it's hard to put that experience, you know, um, into that, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, you've got a few properties and uh, are most of them, do you tend to follow a formula of investing in you, the areas and the neighbourhoods you know or is it sort of within the state, the city, the country? Do you try and spread out a bit or are most of them sort of close to home? No, most of them are close to home, um, virtually everything's close to home because um, there, there's different trains of thought about that, you know, and I, I've read a lot about, you know, you, you're restricting yourself to one area. You're not taking advantage because, you know, Australia, there's always a different property market somewhere else. So, you know, buying into state and all that sort of thing. But I suppose because we're basically hands-on people, um, we felt very comfortable and you know, I suppose if you suddenly found that the suburb you'd invested in, you know, had a, I don't know, land sinkage or something like that, it would make it very difficult. But if basically the area's been there for, for years and years and years and it, there's a stability about it, then um, that has suited us. Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't suit everyone. And it certainly, um, if I think back, um, we were driving home from Queensland not long ago and we, there was an emergency at a property. And if that property had been interstate um, or, you know, out in regional New South Wales somewhere or, or southwest Sydney or something like that, we would not have been able to deal with it mm. as easily as um, as it's being close to us at home where we can actually have a, a personal input in it as well, not just sort of working through through the property manager. Yeah. So, no, we're very comfortable with knowing the area and staying close to home. And, and I think one of, the other, one of the other important things from my point of view regarding that, especially being self-employed without really knowing future income, I don't think we've ever bought anything that if something went bad or something happened, injury-wise or bad back or whatever you want to call it, I don't think we've ever purchased anything that I couldn't live in. Yeah. But we've always taken a pride to, to fix something or so that it would be suitable. I'm not saying I would want to go and move from where I am now to, to, to one of our rentals, but if, if the worst comes to worst, it wouldn't be the end of the world if we had to. Had to so I think it was really important to buy into an area that you would live there yourself. Yeah. That, that's what I thought. Was a, and I also... One of, the, one of the most important things for me about property investment, and I don't know where it is, I like the idea that I can drive past within the local district and see our investment. Whereas I can't, I can't drive past the bank anymore because it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't see me there. I can't see me <laughs> But I can drive past the property and think, I own that. And it's like that advert where the, that the bloke talked to his son and he says, oh, I built that over there. Well, 
I can drive past places and say, I fixed that or I did this, or I need to do this or I need to do that. Next time I'm going to fix this or maybe I should do mm. this. And I have a genuine interest in driving past thinking what else can I do to improve that or make it better or, 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 or a doubt, you know, so yeah. it's important. And you've clearly got a, a formula of what works and what doesn't. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you was when you're, you know, looking at investment property, do you have a range of whether it's, you know, brand new um, or it's a bit older? Do you have a, a, like, obviously the older they are, they need more work, but then if you buy new, you've got um, better depreciation. So do you kind of look for a particular um, style, I guess, of a home unit, townhouse, whatever that looks like with age or, you know, the type of dwelling it is? Well, I suppose basically we've tended to favour uh, a house, a freestanding house, and we've liked the idea of the land. So I think apartments are another thing to think about, but for us, um, we certainly have favoured a freestanding house. Um, we like the idea that you're also owning the land, so that gives you options further down the track. Mm-hmm. Um you were talking about the, the granny flat man before. So, you know, there's opportunities sometimes that you can um, put improvements if there's room. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, and as I mentioned um, with the advice from the book before was that uh, that idea of buying a house that um, can appeal to a lot of tenants. Yeah. So by that I mean that it could be a young couple that are saving up a house themselves. It could be a retired man on his own that doesn't have any family, but something at the end of the market where more people can afford it, um, I think has been ours. And in that regard, you tend to have a more simple house that is um, probably easier to maintain and uh, and to improve as well. So are there certain things you look at, like say you've got a, a home with a pool, would you just avoid that because there's a pool and it's, it's hard managing a property with a pool or... You know, there's, there's certain things would you just avoid? We've, we've actually never purchased a house with a pool. <laughs> there you Funny go. <laughs> it, would, it, wouldn't, it certainly wouldn't be an attraction to us. No. Mm. Um, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't say we're not buying it, but we've never actually purchased a house with a pool. Yeah. But that's not deliberate. Uh, but it's just, it wouldn't be something I'll go and look at and say, oh, I've got to have a pool. Um, yeah. You know, so no, that wouldn't be one of our highlights. What, what, what is a highlight for us is the potential. We, we feel that a house, okay, it might have this or it might have that, but being a builder, um, you know, I can say to Michelle, look, we could do this or we could do that. And it's amazing when you put up a goal on or a front veranda or a back veranda, you change the whole dynamics of the house by doing some simple little things to it to improve it. But I think everything we've ever looked at in the past must have potential. Yeah, mm. okay. And and just with that, I mean, how do you go about, you know, you, you're looking at investment property. How do you know what's a worthwhile investment regarding, you know, you, you might fresh coat of paint and some new carpet, but how do you know when to stop because you've got tenants coming in and you can overcapitalise on, on certain things? How do, you, how do you know that boundary? Well, I think the boundary set by something Ralph alluded to earlier is that we like to think that any house, that we offer for someone else to live in meets a certain standard. So um, we would be doing the calculations 
you know, how, like say if the house was really old and run down or something like that, how much would it cost to get this to the standard where you'd be happy to say, we own that? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and I think every, well, I mean, housing basically, this is another reason I think we're interesting in it. Housing is actually a, uh, a right in any, you know, developed nation like Australia. Uh, everyone should have the right to live in decent housing. And I think what you put up as a rental property for people should be of a standard whereby, as Ralph said, we would have been happy to go and live in it ourselves if, if we had to, you know. So I suppose that then factors into the consideration. So if you walk into a house and you can see that straight away it needs new carpet, it needs repainting, it needs a new kitchen, it needs a new bathroom to get it to a certain point, then we probably wouldn't be interested in it because you've got to put too much into it before you even before you even start off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess because if you're going to rent something out, it can't just be in a nice street in a good spot. It actually has to meet the criteria for people to be you know, sheltered and relatively comfortable and uh, and not have, you know, sort of mouldy things and everything not working, that sort of thing. So, mm. but I understand what you mean about overcapitalising. I, I don't think there's any need to, to go overboard, um, but at the same time, I think there is a standard that you have, that, you know, mm. for people to set to say, look, I, I feel confident that this will appeal to people as a place to rent. Because otherwise, you have a, probably have a terrible time trying yeah. to get a tenant. Yeah, it actually upsets. It actually upsets us when we do with businesses that say this is good enough. It's only a tenant. Mm. It really, really annoys me that there's an attitude out there that why would you do that when they're only tenants? Mm. I, I can sort of understand in some cases, but I don't like hearing it. Yeah, it's a really negative, defeatist attitude and I, I you know I've heard it so many times from all sorts of people in business that just do this because they're only tenants or just do that because and I it upsets me that people have that attitude that all tenants don't care yeah and, uh, and it, it sort of does bother me a fair bit but our experience has been quite quite the opposite I mean you're never going to go through a lifetime of property investing and not have a, a bad tenant. I mean, it's just like anything, mm. you know. But um, at the same time, I would say from our experience um, that most of the tenants we've had a relationship with and have, have rented our properties, we feel that we've had a good, good relationship with them yeah. and have been able to talk to one another. Because, I mean... You know, you are dealing with people, and that can be tricky at the best of times. But um, but that's where you know communication and having a um, having confidence in your property management team mm. really comes to the fore. Yeah. And um, and speaking of that, I just you know I know there's little things out there like your well not little things they're quite costly, but you know your landlord insurance, your rage man- management fees. But are there some other costs that you know when you really do start looking into it that you know the first time investor might not be aware of well i suppose from a banking point of view um it depends you know the banks often might charge you an establishment fee um they might ask 
the mortgage insurance, depending what your um, what your financial situation is. So there's the the costs that come from the bank. Then of course there's just the buying costs with the um, the solicitor, like the conveyancing, whoever you get to do that, and uh, getting yourself set up. Um, I can't imagine not having landlord insurance. And we look at insurance as sort of like a bit of a necessary evil mm. that it's basically about managing risk. And if that makes you sleep better at night, um, then I think it's a, it's a good thing. I mean, I think when you have a mortgage anyway, you have to have the house insured. So mm. that's, that's, that's sort of part of part of the deal with the bank. But um, I think to have the landlord insurance, which can help you, and which, by the way, I think is very difficult to get during COVID. Um, mm. uh, but in the normal scheme of things, it's our way of just um, minimising risk and allowing us to sleep better at night in case anything bad happens. But I, I, one thing I will say is that we've always had a, um, a philosophy that we like dealing with the one company or the one bank um, and build up that relationship so, so that you feel you've got a bit of, you know, history, I suppose. But unfortunately, we've come to the decision after a lot of disappointment um, and yet trying that, you know, I, I we've come around to a different way of thinking, certainly about insurance, that uh, we just compare the market and uh, each time we have insurance due, we go out to the marketplace um, and, you know, use a site like Compare the Market, but not every insurance company is represented there. So... Mm really shop around for insurance and uh, and and even so I'd recommend that that with banking at the moment too that you're probably better off to keep your options open because unfortunately our experience has shown us that loyalty doesn't really pay you any dividends yeah um, okay. in the in the long run yeah, yeah. but one, one other thing is, is I was now looking back um, I would think if I was get started, I'd only go single story. Mm-hmm. I, I would never invest in a, a two story house. Why is uh, that? If I could help it. Why is that, Ralph? Well, it's so much more convenient to have a single story than a double story. And I'm probably talking about myself now as I'm older. I don't want to get up on a two story ladder anymore. <laughs> Whereas if it's, a single, if it's a single story house, I feel quite comfortable doing any maintenance, any repairs. And that translates now to tradesmen with the rules and regulations now and so forth and work cover and all the rest. And when you get into the two-storey routing, the dynamics and the expenses changes dramatically. Yeah, okay. We're, 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 I, I never knew at first. It took, me, it took me a while to know. I used to complain sometimes. I'd drive by and say, oh, the lazy buggers haven't cleaned their gutters. And then I found out that it was the landlord's job to clean the gutters. Well, it's easy easy to clean a single-storey gutter. But when you start talking about a two-storey gutter, it becomes a big job. Mm. So so if I was looking at a first-time investor or even a second-time investor, I'd be sticking with single-storey property. Uh, and, I, and even the cost maintenance-wise is a lot less. Uh, from experience, it's just so much more convenient to have a single-storey place than a double-storey. Yeah, and, okay. uh, and that's... Yeah, I'd be really take that into consideration um, when it comes to that sort of thing. So, yeah. so we finished that one, and 
as you can see, part one and part two were pretty fascinating. And my good gosh, they are smart, capable people. And now I can't wait to bring it home. And if you like what we're doing, can you please rate and review us? It would help us a lot. It was produced by Kieran Christie, hosted by me, Carly Eldridge, and brought to you by Heritage Media. Bye for now.